Hi, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. Today's topic is women in leadership. I have so much on my heart about this, not just recently, but for a few years now. And I feel like even after this podcast, it will still be there and I'll still be talking and drawing attention to this subject, even for the rest of my life. We need to get God's perspective on women and make it ours. You know, when you have like a passion for something, God gave it to you and he gave it to you for a reason and you just can't stop thinking or talking about it. It's like it's shut up in your bones, like a fire. It talks about that in Jeremiah and we all have something like this. If we had more time, we would even stop and do an activation and say, Holy Spirit, what have you shut up in my bones like a fire? And Holy Spirit, what do you intend for me to have a passion about, a burning passion that I just have to change the world about this thing? If you're alive, you've got something. So seek the Lord until you get it and then keep seeking him on how to proceed to fix it or birth it into the world. I titled this uh, podcast Women in Leadership and Not Women in Ministry because the church is not here just for the church. We're here for the world. We need to equip women to lead in church and society. Everything we do in church should be practiced for going out into the world and actually being the church. We are the church. It's not a building. It's a body. So I love practicing, for example, the prophetic in a group or a class and then taking it out into our everyday lives. Equipping is so the saints can go out and do the stuff. Women in leadership, that's what we're talking about. It's such a big topic. We can't cover everything in just one podcast, but it's a start and you can never finish if you don't start, right? Um, And then as far as the subject, we can't change the past. You know, we wish we could on this and other things as well. But we can change the future, and we need to, especially in regards to this issue. This is not an anti-male podcast, you know, quite the opposite. Like, I'm married uh, to a man, and I have a son, and I like them. So (laughs) it's not an anti-male podcast. We're actually pro-men and women. So we're going to talk today about just a few misinterpreted scriptures that have led to misunderstanding God's stance on women and their place in the church and in general. This will be an exhortation for both men and women to correct this extremely important kingdom issue and bring it into alignment with God. We owe it to ourselves, our children, our families, and to the world to get this corrected. Before we get rolling, in order to talk about men and women, we need to be able to openly talk about just ways that we are in general. Um, Not stereotyping necessarily, but At the same time, be able to recognize that we are, in general, gifted or have a bend in a certain direction. So there are some anomalies, but it's okay to say things like, you know, men are generally protectors and women are generally more nurturing. Those things are good. They're good things about us and we need to be able to celebrate them. Of course, you know, women protect and men can nurture, but in general, we're just speaking like that. You know, we don't have to be the same, and we shouldn't. We were created differently to reflect the different aspects of the Godhead, and that's on purpose. Romans eight nineteen in the Passion Translation says, The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. I love that. The entire universe, it's waiting, it's yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. 
So right off the bat, let's set a scriptural context for God's perspective on women. You know, when reading scripture, you can't just pull out one scripture verse. You need to actually discern it in context. Read the scripture before it. Read the one after it. You need to use the discernment that you have and ask Holy Spirit to help you. 1 Corinthians, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. We're going to read 1 Corinthians 14, 29 through 40. But 1 Corinthians is actually, it's Paul and he's responding to a letter that came from the Corinthians. Okay, so there's actually a letter that came first and then 1 Corinthians is Paul's letter of response. So technically, you would, this is almost 2 Corinthians, but basically, 1 Corinthians, um, that's Paul's response, then there was another letter, and then 2 Corinthians, that's Paul's response as well. So you might ask, why don't we have these letters in the Bible? Well, they are in part, we just don't always recognize it. So let's dig into verse 29. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. I'm just going to take a moment right there. I think that's interesting because I love that that is talking about not just one person doing all the talking. I understand if you're giving a message, then you're the one talking for a while, but sometimes it seems like one person's talking, they're praying, they're they're just doing everything, and it's like everybody has things that God is showing them. So let's let men and women speak and kind of share the floor, so to speak. So verse 31, we'll pick up with that. For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. Now I'm going to stop right there. That first part was Paul's intro. In studying this, I found that verse 34 and verse 35 are actually Paul talking, he's repeating something or almost quoting what the letter from the Corinthians said to him. So there was a mark in the original text that they would have used. We would use something like the quote marks. Okay, so keep that in mind as we read these next two verses. Women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home. For it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in church. That's the end of verse 35, so that would be end quote, okay? Paul's response to that is, Or did the word of God originate with you? Or are you the only people it has reached? If anyone thinks they are a prophet or otherwise gifted by the Spirit, let them acknowledge that what I am writing to you is the Lord's command. But if anyone ignores this, they will themselves be ignored. And then he wraps up with, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues. Come on. But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. All right, so let's unpack this. In verse 36, where Paul says, Or did the word of God originate with you? Question mark. That's almost um, what we would call sarcasm, because he had just said in 34 and 35, he was talking about what they had said in their letter Women should be quiet. Women should only speak to their husbands. He's like, what? No, that's not right. So he's responding. It's almost a rebuke from him to their quote and what they had said in the letter. So that is the way that this is read if you read it in context and if you study it and find out what it means. And then I love how he wraps up with brothers and sisters. So here's the deal. Here's what we need to do. Both of you. 
be eager to prophesy, do not forbid speaking in tongues, but just do it in an orderly way. Okay, so this makes so much more sense than if you were to just pull verse 34 and 35 out and just read that on its own. You just can't do that. You've got to read things in context. For this subject, I'm committed to releasing God's viewpoint to the world on this. I feel like it's important. We need to be studying and listening and and obviously, like I said, connecting with Holy Spirit. And also, as you're reading the Bible, look at it as God's character throughout the Bible. And when I'm looking at this, I'm looking at how did God respond and what were Jesus' interactions with women, that type of thing. What is God's real heart for women? If we read the word in context of what was happening at the time, and again, most importantly, listening to the Holy Spirit to guide us to all truth, that's the answer. So as God's children made in his image, we are here to represent or represent him to the world. So I'm going to make a statement and then unpack it. So hang in there. Give me grace on this. This is a big subject. So the statement is, women represent or represent Holy Spirit to the world. So let's unpack this. I've had a fair amount of sozo training. Sozo training, it's basically like, it's or sozo is an inner healing techniques. And the word sozo, meaning saved, healed, and delivered, It's a ministry technique involving hearing from Holy Spirit to reveal lies, come out of agreement with those lies, and into agreement with the truth. In Sozo, there's a technique called Father Ladder. The general idea is that your earthly father is here to represent or represent the attributes of Father God, protector, provider. Your earthly mother is here to represent Holy Spirit, nurturing, comforting, guiding into all truth, teaching, And then Jesus, siblings and friends. And so that would be Jesus as your confidant, your friend, etc. So this isn't a sozo teaching. Maybe that will come in the future, but rather a general synopsis to make a point. Imagine the ramifications. If someone doesn't have a mother or father or friends, they won't have God represented by those people in their lives. Or maybe they had a father, but they weren't there. They were absent, so they didn't learn that from their earthly father or mother. So this is the case with many people. Either they didn't have that parent, or they did have that parent, and they just didn't actually represent God properly. Hence the need for inner healing, right? So if this is the case in a family setting, this concept transfers over to the body of Christ. If women aren't in their place of leadership, and yes, speaking from the pulpit, and yes, making decisions on an elder or an overseer board, then it's the same concept. They're not getting the fullness of God. So Bernie Uli said in a recent message, we don't need men to empower us. We are already empowered. Jesus empowered us. We just need men to make room. I love that statement. So I've seen it done well in some places, men and women co-laboring with the Lord together and, and just working to bring the kingdom. That's awesome. Let's celebrate those things when we see them. I love that. And then I've seen it the other extreme where too many times women have taken the back seat. So let's contend for more places doing it well with a kingdom perspective. Now, men are often to the point and, and sometimes don't have a lot of words compared to women So to you, I would say, make room. Seek God on what that looks like in your world, whether you are a leader at a church or a father in a home or a manager at a business. And I mean seek and hear God and what he wants for that situation and be a part of the solution. Make room. We need to get God's perspective on women and make it ours. 
And then to women, I would say, we have to get over our fear of man. It's not easy. Havila Connington has a book called I Do Hard Things, and it's great. So Havila would say, hey, you do hard things. If you think this is hard, it is. You do hard things, so do it. Jesus has empowered you. Find out from him what it looks like for you to step up and into your kingdom calling. So we're going to do an activation, both men and women that are listening. And an activation is just putting some feet to what we're talking about. We're going to ask Holy Spirit, you know, how we can get involved and get a response from Holy Spirit. So close your eyes if you can. We'll just take a moment to sense what Holy Spirit is showing you, maybe a picture, maybe you'll have a thought. Or you'll just, um, a word will pop into your mind. So I'm going to ask the question twice and give you just a moment to receive. So Holy Spirit, what are you calling me to do to further the kingdom? And what's one step I can take now to prepare for that? Holy Spirit, what are you calling me to do to further the kingdom? And what's one step I can take now to prepare for that? So women, you might have sensed from the Lord that you're called into preaching or leading a study. And men, you may have heard something else. Whatever that is, God has good plans for all of you. So I'm wrapping this up for today. There will be part two and part three of Women in Leadership coming up in the next couple days. I know this could be tricky to commit to a three-part podcast. Um, We have a hard time committing to a drink at Starbucks sometimes, but um, we just have too many options in this world. I love it, but... Anyway, try to make the commitment to listen to all three. It will be worth it. And please don't check out because you're a man if you think, oh, this is for women. Nope, if you check out, you're missing it. We need you. You're part of the solution. We need each other to work together and to bring the world into alignment with God. If you're subscribed to this podcast, you'll get the update. If not, go and click subscribe now. Thanks for joining me on Holy Spirit Feed.